Are we live? We are live. Oh my goodness. Hi, it's so good to see you. Oh yeah, it's been far too long. It has been far too long since we've recorded an episode. Life has just been in the way for both of us. Life hurts, honestly. Yeah, existence (laughs) is suffering. Existence is suffering. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Truly, truly. This is our this is our third time recording. Uh, fourth, actually. Yeah. Fourth? Mm-hmm. It is our fourth. Oh, this is yeah. so exciting. Yeah, I think we got a podcast in there that we might want to redo or something like that. I think you were mentioning. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to yeah. redo my, uh, our grief episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. right. So, speaking on grief, today is a kind of special day. It's Mother's Day. It is. Happy Mother's Day to all the mamas out there. Yes, and also to all the people who, um you know, had absent mothers or mothers not there or mm-hmm. anything like that. I know Taylor, you know, you can definitely speak on that. I start crying in like three minutes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> not today. Not today. No. Yeah, man. Uh, Mother's Day this year is really hard on me. And I think that that definitely has to do a lot with like that Tony past uh, last year, mm. you know, your other parent. Yeah. My other parent. And it's just, it's so difficult this year. Like normally mother's day for me is like super easy. I can get through the day pretty well. And this year I'm like, wow, I am so sad. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think compounded with everything else that's going on, you know, mm-hmm. we're kind of witnessing a, a lot of, grief uh that you know i can't imagine how many people this year have lost their mothers to covid19 um and you know compounded with the stresses of lockdowns and you know social distancing and all that like that must be just an extra toll to Mm -hmm. make it that much heavier because um from what i understand grief like that just doesn't really go away you know it doesn't it it just stays with you and it, and as someone who lost their mother like 21 years ago compared to like losing your mom like a year ago i can't even i can't even imagine how heavy some people's grief like must be today yeah. you know and to add to my grief like also like my birthday is next week and i turned 28 and my mom passed away when she was 28 Wow. Yeah. yeah. And it's like this, like I've talked about it in therapy and it's this like whole next level that I've never been at. So I'm like, nothing that I normally would do is working. Right. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, I cannot get past this. But something that my therapist brought up was like, maybe you don't have to move past this. Like right now, maybe what you're meant to do is just kind of sit and just be with this right now and like find out find different ways to explore this feeling where you're at and stuff as opposed to just like trying to move past it as quickly as possible so I can just get to the next thing sure and I'm like man I don't want to do that (laughs) yeah that sounds hard right I mean it sounds like um confronting it and kind of just wallowing in it um and that you know that kind of goes against a lot of our conditioning as Mm -hmm. american citizens that our like self-worth is so tied to our productivity because there are some emotions that just aren't 
productive, you know? Yeah. Um, and a lot of us tend to shut down when we feel those emotions, but there, that doesn't mean, you know, I think, I think your therapist is right. Yeah. You know? She's um, normally right. And, and I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard to do though. It doesn't make it any easier. Um, uh, it's, it's something that like, you know, for me personally, I can only compare like my grief with, um, or, or, you, you know, I can only compare grief with like, um, having done some things in the past that I'm not super proud of mm -hmm. and that I've had to like forgive myself for. Yeah. Um, and you know, the therapist gave me a very similar kind of prescription of like, well, you know, just kind of sit with it for a bit and like, you know, face it and confront it and ask it what it wants. Mm -hmm. And if it wants you to just like sit down and like watch TV or like write about it or, mm -hmm. you know, um, any other sort of um, outlet you can find for it, um, you you don't even necessarily just have to have an outlet. You just have to feel it. You yeah. Know? Um, and that's, I think that's the hardest part is like being able to feel it and not feel as though that you have to come out of it in this like very perfect and like cookie cutter right. way or do something about it. You know, you don't, those are feelings that you can't really do anything about. Yeah. You know? Like this, this whole feeling is something I'm like, I, I have to just sit here and I just have to deal with it now. And that to me is like the most terrifying thing because I've gotten so good at processing my emotions and understanding them. I'm like, oh, okay. But I've, I'm, I'm doing the thing that people have warned me about, like as you become more and more self-aware mm -hmm. is like not letting yourself feel the feelings and you only like look at the feelings and analyze them. Right. You know, as a you kind of look at the root cause, and you're mm -hmm. like, okay, how can I avoid this? And it's yeah, like, like well... where is this coming from? How did I get here? Where do I go from here? How do I prevent this from happening again? And yeah. in this feeling is like, oh, there is there is nothing. Like there is no root cause of this. There is no place to go with this. There's nothing to do besides sit here. And I'm like, what do you mean I gotta sit here? I'm trying to keep my Trying to keep my yeah. life going, dog. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm trying to like you know make make some type of legacy or something like that. Like that's something that I've learned to accept in me mm -hmm. is that like I do feel a need to have like some type of legacy. You know, uh, yeah. Like and part of me is like that's really stupid. You know, like we're all just <laughs> m like monkeys on a rock flying through space. Is that and a race joke? Huh? Was that a race joke? No. Oh my god. No. No. I said we're all monkeys. Did you just call me the N-word? Oh my god. Stop it. We're gonna cut all that out. That's terrible. <laughs> no, we're not. Alright, well, so we're all Homo sapiens That's just better. flying on a rock in space with like no real purpose other than the purpose we give it but mm -hmm. you know built into my dna is like I, I have a sense of like i need to have some type of type of legacy whether it's like a mark on society mm -hmm. or you know kids or something like that like being able to accept that for me has been quite difficult and mm -hmm. caused me quite a bit of grief because 
I've spent a lot of time just trying to not care, you know? Oh, yeah. And, like, not you know like accept nihilism in a in an optimistic sort of way yeah (laughs) but um with that there's like there's other things that come with it and it um it adds to my grief because I really do fear like for how I'm how I'm remembered by different things yeah and that's why I like you know I'm I'm kept up at night by like all the different things that I did, like, mm-hmm. you know, exes that I've wronged or friends that I've, you know, left on a sour note. Like any time that I haven't left things better than I found them, you know, I'm like berating myself for her. and um all I can do is just kind of forgive and move on, mm-hmm. you know. There's nothing productive about like analyzing in that way. Yeah, but that's know? also easier said than done, you know, to like move past those moments of like where you weren't the best person, you weren't the best friend, you weren't the best boyfriend, you know, and mm-hmm. being kept up at night. Like like you said is like that doesn't do you any good, but also it's like how do I move past this? Like how do I forgive myself and move about my life so I'm not berating myself at every moment that I'm like not the best person you know and that's why we have therapists you know (laughs) because they're the experts at this (laughs) yeah well we would hope you know there's a a lot of therapists out there like to be honest I've been in and out of therapy for like a decade same and I've met a lot of not very good therapists. Dude, I had this therapist when I was in college and, you know, like transferring schools and stuff and getting dumped after I like first transferred. I went to this therapist and she would just sit there and she just wouldn't say anything. And it was the most uncomfortable thing to deal with. And then I remember one time I was like really having a breakdown and I don't... I don't let myself have breakdowns because I'm so afraid that like if I lose control of myself that I won't be able to be put back together, you know? Mm -hmm. So I have a very hard time of trusting people to take the reins when I need them to. Mm -hmm. And that was a clear indication of like, I cannot, like that was really where my trust or trust and control issues really came in. And she was like, I just don't think that you're trying hard enough to like get yourself to a better place. And I was like, I'm in therapy for a reason twice a week. Mm-hmm. Like, I, what do you mean I'm not trying? And I remember twice a week is a lot. Twice dude. a week is a lot, dude. My therapist, like, he saw me like once a week for like two weeks, and he's like, All right, I don't want to see you for another three weeks. Like, <laughs> yeah just middle fingers in the air (laughs) yeah yeah but honestly like i've you know i've been doing better as far as my mental health Uh, i mean since the first time we recorded a podcast on grief like Mm -hmm. mental health has improved Um, i'm just curious like you know i i can't say that there's anything in my life that i've actually like really fully had to grieve you know yeah like i mean i i had a cousin who passed away on Mm -hmm. his on his birthday on his like 18th birthday he was it was just a um a robbing you know Mm -hmm. um like a little burglary gone wrong you know he was just out on the street with his girlfriend on his birthday and 
some kid tried to mug him and um, they put him in handcuffs and things kind of got escalated and he got stabbed in the lungs and um, passed away on the ambulance ride over to the hospital. Um, and the thing about that was um, I was in college when that happened and it was, I was at Sea Boulder. It was the 420 celebration. Mm-hmm. And I was also in the middle of midterms. Um, so I never really got to, uh, or I told, I, you know, I de- deliberately remember telling like my family that I couldn't fly out to Puerto Rico because school was just so demanding at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never really got to like face that grief. And part of that is like, I feel, you know, I I knew my cousin a little bit, but I didn't really like know, know him. him, know yeah. him, you know? Mm-hmm. And I really think that that matters in like the, the level of grief that you can kind of feel. I mean, I mean, it, it's certainly more intense when you, it's somebody you deeply know. Like if yeah. it was like one of my best friends or... If it was, you know, uh, my mom or my dad or, mm-hmm. you know, my sibling, like, or my my Aunt Patty. But my Aunt Patty in particular, um, she's getting up in age. And How is she doing? Because I know that she had uh, cancer or yeah. still has cancer. Yeah, or... still does. It's kind of in remission, I guess. She's nice. super private about, like, that diagnosis and sharing mm-hmm. any information from doctors because... She she has kind of just been preparing us for her death for in a weird way. Like Man. she's she basically told us like, hey, like, you know, it seems like I only maybe have this much time. Like I'm going to do this, this and this and this. And she's like all about control and planning. Like she was a party planner her whole life. So Is she she's, a Virgo? Uh, Sagittarius. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Um, she is like very, uh, committed to being in control of like when she passes. And so, mm-hmm. you know, being kind of to the side of that and watching it happen, it's like, okay, like I better get myself ready because mm-hmm. she's determined that she's going to be gone in like X amount of years. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, of course I'll miss her, you know, I won't, I won't have somebody to like. She's one of the few adults in my life that yeah. I feel like always tells me the truth, you know? And that's like, that's hard. Yeah. It's like a hard relationship to, like, recreate with any other adult, too. Because especially, I think, because your Aunt Patty sounds like she's been truthful her whole life. And, like, it's very, like, this is how things are happening and this is what we're going to do and we're just going to accept it. To have an adult that, like, will always tell you the truth and help you face reality without sugarcoating it is such a rare thing to have. And this is no, like, disregard or any kind of, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Disrespect. Yeah, disrespect any adults who, like, try to hide children from the truth. But when you, uh, like, tell your child or someone that you're close with that, like, these things are happening and you just kind of just have to be ready for it, I think also... helps you prepare for like reality you know and not a bunch of fluff like I feel like when my mom died obviously I was sick so there was like a whole level of like grief and like understanding that I didn't have and and you're so attached to your parent at that age right you know like 
you're just it's just such a deep deep bond because like you're kind of out of like you're a little more out of like being a hundred percent reliant on it because mm-hmm. you're, you're around the age where you're gonna start school yeah you know mm-hmm. i'd like but, just started first grade too yeah so like you're for that to happen at that age is just like it had to be like just so demoralizing and soul crushing and like did you have any idea before um she passed that she was like on on her way or getting not sicker really or? honestly i just remember like she like couldn't really walk anymore and she had to be in a wheelchair and she was losing a lot of weight um and I don't really remember those like last few days. I just remember we did like a big trip together and I'm pretty sure it was like over the summer, maybe like September before she passed. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being like, this is so much fun. I hope we get to do this again soon. And then I remember like when she died and I just remember like the priest was there, a whole bunch of people were there and like everyone was holding hands and praying and I remember my grandfather was like on the phone with someone. He's like, my daughter just died. I cannot talk to you and just hung up mm-hmm. like those, like the, the time between she, when she died to the funeral is like a complete blur to wow. me. Yeah. Like, I just remember like all of these people showing up at our house. There was like a whole slew of cars. And then I just remember like the, like the, what is it? The wake? Is that what it is? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the wake, mm-hmm. but I don't remember the mass. But then all I remember, my brain just cuts to like when we were at her um, grave site and just throwing flowers. And then when Tony died and my grandfather is buried next to my mom, I remember like standing there and I could feel my like six-year-old self as well mm. being there and yeah. I, I like we threw flowers into like the ground and i just was just like taken right back i was taken right back and i was like i cannot be in this moment and i just walked away pawing my eyes out and like all of my family came over and were just like hugging me and like we love you like your mom loves you and like mm-hmm. i really think it took my entire family back to like when my mom died because people were like just like people were like losing it you know and like tony was like such a crucial person in like so many people's lives you know yeah he was a huge anchor and like to also like lose him and my mom i feel like people have like especially me you know i feel like the rug has just been pulled out from under me like how unfair you know yeah like i I don't have a mom and a dad like i also don't have my biological father like oh thanks universe (laughs) love you love you girl yeah and it's, it's been so difficult to, like, remember that because the previous year, like, we went because it had been, like, 20 years. So it was, like, myself, my two aunts, and my younger cousin, like, all went to, like, celebrate my mother. But while we were there, I just felt like we'd forgotten what we were there for. And my inner child was so hurt mm. because I felt like we were just there to, like do a small thing and then have this really big brunch. And that was all anyone really cared about. And for me, I was like, this is a time to be like honoring my mother. Like I want us to remember that and to not forget her. But within this last year, I feel like people's grief. And I say people because like Tony and my mom were so crucial to so many people. I feel as though that that grief for, a lot of us is just like intertwined and it's gotten so uncomfortable 
been so difficult. Like I was talking to one of my uncles the other day because I was like, you know, I had a really bad cry on Friday because I'm turning 28 and that's when my mom died. And I know that your dad passed away when he was 50 and you just turned 50. So you're really the only person who kind of understands what I'm feeling right now. And he's like, yeah, it's it's heavy. It's Mm -hmm. really heavy and it's a lot. But he's like, I'm not going to paint it into like a silver lining kind of way where you have to like find like some sort of happiness or find some sort of goodness Mm -hmm. that comes out of it. He's like, but just know that like you have accomplished so much up to this point. And he's like, your mother would be so proud of you and so elated to see the life that you have built for yourself in your own way because she was the exact same way. She would have built her life the way she wanted to. And he's like, I'm not going to tell you to find some kind of solace in that because nothing can take away from your mom not being here. But do know that she sees everything and she's been a part of everything. And well, and you're part of her legacy. Mm-hmm. You know? like, mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, you carry on um, bits and pieces of her. I mean, I don't want to like, you know, interject with anything that's you know out of line but Mm -hmm. you know um you you're her daughter and probably for most people children are like their biggest accomplishments yeah so for you to be doing so well and like you're so bright and you're so like don't make me cry on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) but you're so lovely you know and you're so loving um and you know there's a lot of people that would have your back in any type of like altercation or you know um, just jump right into a fight yeah absolutely like and and that's true that on site like i would just drop a pin and be like yo come meet me because somebody's about to get their ass beat and like four people would roll up with like baseball bats it'd be like suicide squad in that bitch (laughs) and there's so there's a lot of people out there who care for you like a mother and like a like a father would you know you know and And purely on friendship and that's you know that's more important than like them just being family or something mm-hmm. like that because it's the family that you choose you know oh yeah and they have your back very intensely they do know? they do and as you've seen you know like as you've seen with like Cicely and like you haven't met like some of my like aunts and uncles quote-unquote like people that were just best friends with my mom who have just like come in and just like carved out a place for me like in their families like with my uncle chan like i'm actually considered like a daughter Mm -hmm. to him you know and my auntie sean who like they're my godparents and they are just they're just so lovely of people like i could call them and be like bitching for like an hour and they're like you good i'm like i feel better now they're like all right i knew you just needed to vent but like and Mm -hmm. it's and it's really lovely because in a small way, my mom did give me a family, you know? She's like, I know I haven't been able to provide you all the tools to help you navigate life, but I'm going to leave you people who will give you the tools that you need. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is like a beautiful thing because like losing my mom and then losing Tony, it's like there is such a community that's around me that I don't always take time to thank and process because for me it's like yeah you guys are there but you don't 
get what I'm feeling. And it's like, no, we don't get what you're feeling, but we also lost your person Mm -hmm. with you. So we feel your grief on some level and you just have to let us feel it with you. Because we're not like, because, you know, in my brain, I'm so focused on people who've let me down, who've Mm -hmm. just like been absent, like my biological father who left, like one of my mom's friends who was supposed to, who like never was good to her, especially while she was having cancer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I, my, I've had to reparent my brain in that sense to be like, you need to stop looking at the people who've disappointed you and realize that there are people who've continuously uplifted you and continuously have loved you and will never leave you, no Absolutely. matter how long it's been since you've talked to them. Yeah, and I feel like that's just a great tool for, you know, having a better mental outlook is, um, and it's hard. It's uh-huh. so hard to shift from, like, looking at all the disappointments to looking at what, you know, you you should be grateful for, Mm -hmm. you know, like the things that are there and like however flawed they may be that you should be grateful for. Like, you know, for me, it's it's like I'm disappointed that I'm living with my parents again, Mm -hmm. but I'm also really grateful that I do have a soft spot to land Mm -hmm. when I'm not doing so well, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, cause if I was living by myself or something, like I'd probably be in a lot more danger than if I'm, you know, living with my parents. Um, and I can, I can deal, it's, it's easier to deal with the disappointment of feeling like I'm, I'm in this trap, but, uh, of like, you know, I move out on my own and I get sick like mentally and then mm-hmm. I end up being hospitalized <laughs> and then I end up back at my parents, you know, like mm-hmm. I've, I've been on that road about like three times now. Yeah. And, um, you know, like this time it's like, okay, I need to look at what I need to do different and like the support systems that I have outside of my parents. And, you know, the reality is, is like, I only have a few, like, really good friends who are super busy for the most part, you Mm -hmm. know, that they, I can't... Also in my headphones, I can hear the dryer. Yeah, it's definitely (laughs) pretty loud. We may want to... You don't care? No, I don't care. I mean, it's it's our first episode, really. Okay. You know, I mean, this is like our fourth one that we've recorded, but still, whatever. People can understand that we're in a basement. Yes, in a basement. I might be able to make that quieter. Hold on. Bum 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 Eh, whatever. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah, but I don't know if I can get that out post-processing, because if it's happening at the same time vocals are happening, it's, like, super hard to cut out. I mean, the people understand. Yeah, you know, there's we have to dry our clothes just like everyone else. Exactly. Don't hate on us because we do laundry while we record, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Ignorant. What were you saying? But, yeah, just um, trying to figure out my way, you know, out of this, like, this cycle mm-hmm. of, you know, mental health. And a lot of it is... I I let myself use alcohol and drugs again, you mm-hmm. know, and... Backstory, somehow, Christian was sober for like a year and a half. Two years. Two years. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but 
Yeah, during the pandemic, I kind of re-entered into, like, smoking marijuana and drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And I let it get out of hand. Like, I really let it get out of hand because I, you know, it's compounded with, like, kind of the misery of lockdown and, like, Mm -hmm. how hard my job got and, like... Yeah. um, You know, my... I felt like you know there were no prospects in my love life or anything like that mm-hmm. um so um i started using more and more as like a kind of like a self-medication thing and mm-hmm. i i had a break you know i just had a like literal psychotic break like i remember i started watching this show called his dark materials on hbo and um I think you told me about the show. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's an interesting show. Um it's pretty well made, but mm-hmm. um the weird thing is is I definitely watched the first season, you know? Mm-hmm. Um but I was really like manic when I watched the first season. Mm-hmm. So I went back and watched it again recently, like now that I'm more stable and I'm like I have no recollection of any of this that went on like and i definitely watched it it was in like my watch history and Mm -hmm. stuff and i remember vaguely like it being on and there are still pieces that i remember but like i was so just unhealthy and not taking care of myself i'm laughing at the washing machine i'm not laughing at your story it sings a whole song when it's done (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah, to to kind of go back to something and be like, I have no memory of doing this, even though I know I actually did it. Yeah. You know? um, and then there are things in the hospital that like, I was in such a manic state. Like, uh, I think I was like acutely psychotic is what they call it. Uh-huh. Um, where I was like arguing with people over their names. I was like, like some guy was like, my name's Frank, and I'm like, no, it's not. It's Chris. <laughs> I vaguely like, remember this. You're like, you fucking liar. Don't fucking lie to me. Your name's goddamn Chris. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your name's not fucking Frank. <laughs> He's definitely Frank. He's a really nice guy, too. Frank, after I hope you're I, doing well. <laughs> after I kind of, like, calmed down and evened out, I, him and I were pretty cool. <laughs> like, yeah. But, um, yeah... I vaguely remember getting really angry that we couldn't have smoke break. And at that time, I did not even smoke. But I was, I wanted to go outside. Yeah. And uh, I grabbed one of the chairs that they have at this psych ward. Mm-hmm. And the psych ward that I was kept at is considered a high elopement risk. That means, like, a high chance of me, like, running away or resisting treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so their chairs are very special in that they're like full of sand to make them like a hundred plus pounds. Uh huh. And I threw this chair at the door and I cracked the window and broke the lock to where like at the next time we went to like smoke break and stuff, like this is it not took funny, them, but like, this story is you like, if you don't know Christian, Christian is a pretty small frame and he's pretty skinny. 
right? And so p- picturing Christian pick up like a hundred pound chair and like crack a door is just, it's sending me. Like- yeah. <laughs> adrenaline will do crazy things to you, dude. Yeah. I, like it was all pure adrenaline. Like I'm surprised I didn't injure myself doing that, but. I'm glad you didn't. Um, but yeah, the next time that we went to smoke break, like every time the nurses had a hard time, like unlocking the door just cause the mechanism was like bent or broke or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so yeah, I like, I don't want to be that guy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like, and it's a matter of like how well I take care of myself, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, having to let go of like drugs and alcohol, like, to be honest, like I like a good drink. I mm-hmm. fucking like to smoke pot just fine, you yeah. know, and in moderation, I'm probably okay, but where I'm at right now I'm I'm living back in my parents' place. Yeah. You know? Like, and if there's any sort of risk that drugs and alcohol will make me, like, less healthy and not able to get out of here, Mm -hmm. like, I need to not, like, do that, you know? I need to just say goodbye, even though they're, like, old friends, you know? It's like, we're just we're not cool with each other anymore you Mm -hmm. know like it's just not safe like um and that's been like something that has been causing me a lot of grief i don't know it's hard to talk about grief because on the same level like Mm -hmm. i feel like i don't really i i have shame you know i have shame not grief not i think grief and shame though go along together because i mean you're even though you don't understand grief on like my level of like losing parents you still have to grieve like your life you know and like where you're at and you're grieving also like the person you were and are in a way you know and you're Mm -hmm. filled with shame of like your brain and all this other shit that's going on but still grieving like not having like the mechanisms that have assisted or hurt you is still hard you know because now you have to restructure your brain to find some kind of way to help you in those really hard moments and if weed and alcohol can't do that it's like fuck i have to find something else now and that's hard like Mm -hmm. it's like going through grief like if i didn't have weed throughout this last year of this pandemic and just getting through life i don't know how i would survive right now because I I have a very addictive personality. Like, when I was, like, 18, I had mono. And you know how mono is supposed to make you tired? Yeah. I could never sleep. And yeah. if I did sleep, I slept for, like, three to four hours. So I would, like, have to take sleeping pills or whatever the doctor could give me to help, like, with all the pain that I was having. Because I couldn't breathe through my nose. And, like, my lymph nodes are, like, swollen as mm. can be. And I'm in, like, just physical pain so they like gave me something to help me like relieve the pain and be able to sleep but then I couldn't sleep without it like at all Mm -hmm. and I was like man I really have got to get off these but I was like but it's so nice to just like pop a pill and like 30 minutes later I'm like exhausted and want to fall asleep but that's really when I noticed that I did have an addictive personality because I was like I cannot get down this slippery slope And, like, having to find something else to help me, even though, like, at 18, I didn't smoke weed or anything. I was a pretty cookie-cutter kid, surprisingly. But it's still hard, though. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. don't fill yourself up with shame about it, honey. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and I just don't think it's like you know. Mm. Uh, let me put it this way: shame and like guilt are not the same as like grief because shame and guilt kind of come from like internal things Mm -hmm. like things we know we did wrong yeah and grief kind of comes from an external source where like the world just happens to you and you're left in its in its wake you know you're left to deal with the like the consequences of Mm -hmm. whatever it may be so I just don't know that I've ever had any sort of, like, grand sort of, like, grief that I would have to, like, process. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to prepare myself for, like, when my parents are gone or, like, when my mom is gone or, like, when my aunt is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of feel like I'm cheating a little bit because my mind is just like, okay, what if my mom died tomorrow? How would I feel, you know? Like what she she just got COVID and like was just gone in the next three days. Like mm-hmm. what would I do? How would I deal? You know, um, and my mind is constantly going to these like worst case scenarios mind with like too. every different person. Like mm-hmm. what if my brother died? You know, and his and he left behind his two babies and his wife. Like what then like how would i feel how would i deal with it like what would we do what would we do? what would we do next you, you have know? like your disaster plan like planned out already yeah i have mine planned out with sisley because since tony died i'm like cuz he died out of nowhere like he had a heart attack and was just gone and i talked to him the morning before he died you know and for me it's like it's the same thing right i'm like what if sisley died tomorrow like what would we do? Do we have everything in place? Like her will is set. I know that. Like, is everything else set up? Mm-hmm. Like Tony left behind everything for Cicely. Like every all she had to do was just like call people, send documents, and like get what she needed, and she could move on. Mm-hmm. And there's still some things that she's like working out, but like most of it's already done and was done within like the first thirty, first thirty days, <laughs> first like six months, and it's gonna be a year here soon, which is so crazy to me of like how fast time has just passed yeah Mm. and that july is like around the corner yeah you know and back to the topic of like just being prepared like i totally resonate with that because like i've always had that thought in the back of my head of like what if this person died what if they just left like in preparing yourself for people to just leave like out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and i've like talked to elsa about it i'm like how do i get out of this mindset I don't know how to stop doing it. She's like, you know, you, this is your trauma responding, you know, to like losing people and to like have yourself prepared so that way you don't have the wind knocked out of you. Like I actually just opened up about this to a couple friends of mine of how I'm like, I'm so sad and I'm so angry and I'm every emotion under the sun because I'm like, what am I going to do when I lose my grandmother? Like my last parent, like my last living parent, you know? And it's like, I try to be like, yeah, I'll be totally prepared for it. I'll have everything planned. I'll fly to Florida. I'll get everything done. Then I'll like, we'll do the same thing we did with Tony. And I'm like, I am still going to be a fucking mess. Mm -hmm. I'm still going to have the wind knocked out of me. 
And you know, that's just not something I can prepare for. And that's not something you can prepare for either, especially like when these people do, like when their time does come, like all it's really going to be is like your community is like what I realize is like your community is like ready. Like Mm -hmm. they will drop everything and they will send you food, send you cards, send groceries to your house and pizza send someone over to come sit with you and help you for like the next however many days Mm. and whether that's while we're in a pandemic hopefully not because i will say planning a funeral in a pandemic is horrible Mm -hmm. everything is delayed you really can't get any kind of timeline or anything like and thankfully i was out of work for two weeks and my job was like very okay with it but like i'm one of the lucky ones because some people's job is like, oh, your mom died? That sucks. Are you coming to work? Like, okay, you get two days of bereavement, and then you got to come back. Right. And that just... Mm. And I'm so thankful for my job. And then there are days where I'm like, I really wish I could have just taken off six months and just grieved and been sad and just spent time with Cicely yeah. and felt my feelings. Because at times, like, I don't know about you, but I feel like I just go through the motions And then when I start to feel like a sadness come over me, I'm like, I don't have time to stop and do this right now. Like I'm at, like I'm in the middle of recording. Mm -hmm. Like in the very beginning, I was like, oh, I'm going to start crying. And I was like, I got to hold it together. And even though it's like, I'm in a safe place, I can cry my eyes out on this podcast if I want to. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm still so like, I have to keep it together. I don't have time to do this right now. Cause I'm like, I don't know how long the sadness is going to last. Am I going to cry for like 10 minutes? Am I going to cry for the rest of the day? Like, I don't know. But my body is like, girl, you got to do it because we can't keep doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to start crying, folks. Well, you're free to cry after. After. During the podcast, you know what? (laughs) We have some hard rules. No. (laughs) Hard guidelines. (laughs) No, no. Um, Yeah. And that's that's the nature. Like, the feelings that are most overwhelming for me are usually feelings of like, uh, I did something wrong, you know, mm-hmm. or, uh, I'm not who I'm supposed to be, you know? Um, so it's hard to be kind to yourself I, in that moment too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like that's like, that's comparable to like grief. Cause grief is just like, like you said, you get the rug pulled out from under you and you just are left to like, kind of manage and focus and keep going in some degrees because like yeah you get you know luckily some of us have jobs that allow us time to like you know grieve but um at some point you just gotta go forward Mm -hmm. and like what what is that point like what is the like is it just necessity you know is it just like okay well I've had my allotted time at work. Um, now I gotta go back and I gotta be a hundred percent like me mm-hmm. again, you know? Or is it okay to like kind of allow the grief to change you and um, you know, like hollow you out a little bit and let you be this new person that mm-hmm. also kind of carries this grief, like? I feel like that's far more common than, you know, like people just being like, well, I had my grieving period and now I'm back to normal. Yeah. Know? And I definitely think that that's a result of capitalism and like ensuring that we're still able to provide something to society. 
mm-hmm. you know. And I will say for my own experience, I I had to really advocate for myself at work, even though like I had to do very little. There are some people who work at places that are way more toxic and draining. And I like just was straight up with my manager and I was like, I am going to have days where I cannot do this job. I'm going to have days where I am going to have less phone calls that I've taken because I cannot stop crying. And I just need you to know, I'm going to tell you when those moments come up, but I need to know that you will treat me like a human being and understand that my productivity is not going to be counted against me because I just lost my dad. And like, I'm no longer the human that you first initially met. I'm now a whole new person who's having to attempt to figure out how my life is going to look from here moving forward. Right. And I mean, do you, do we, I, I would like to believe that regardless of the capitalistic pressures, we do return to some degree of wholeness, even though there's a, you know, part of our family is like lost. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, I would like to believe at least that we do return to some semblance of like you know we might be a we might be different we might be like you we've learned certain things from the grief mm-hmm. but like we're still whole no matter what you know yeah i it's a very optimistic view but i will say as someone who like whose family had to reshape entirely you find some sense of wholeness but not complete wholeness you know, because a part of you is still missing. And I've I've really noticed that in Cicely. Like So you you keep parts of yourself in other people in a way. Like yeah. metaphorically speaking. Yeah, like, metaphorically speaking, because every person you meet eventually, I believe, like is a, becomes part of you, you know, like whether that's they're a good person or a bad person. I think they definitely shape how you become as a person. But when that person who really shaped you is no longer there, it's you have to like you have to find parts of yourself see, for that. See, and like this is where I'm curious, and please just tell me if I'm out of line. But mm-hmm. like that shaping, you know, that person that shaped you, although they're gone, the shaping is still there. The parts that they had like molded into you and helped you, like helped up uplifted you from like mm-hmm. all that that work and you know all that energy that they invested in you is still there with you Mm -hmm. you know um at least i'd like to believe that you know yeah like even though the person behind it is gone like the work that went into you to make you the lovely person you are today it's all still there you know it's all still part of who you are yeah and it, it it's all there you know, and it, it takes a lot of digging past all the initial shit to, like, find it. Mm. It's just really hard to get there. Yeah. You know, it's hard to find. Because that person that was, like, the instigator of it, mm-hmm. you know, is, like, it's not there. It's just so much more accessible when that person is still present, you mm-hmm. know, and you can kind of, like, vibe off the energy and... Um, still, like, be reminded that, like, you know, who you are, you're always still whole, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, there are parts of me, like, there are days where I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. Like, 
my mom did it this way and like I can take parts of this or Tony taught me this, you know, mm. but it, it never, it never feels complete, mm. you know, because there are still days where I'm like, I like will call my aunt and my grandma, like the cycle, my morning routine for so long has always been call Cicely, call Tony, call my aunt and then go about my day. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was like that for so long. If I didn't get one, I just went to everybody. If I got nobody, I'm like, okay, I guess no one loves me today. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. I guess I'll just go fuck myself now. <laughs> and because all my other family like works actual hours, you know, during the day. So I couldn't call them until it was like later. But like, there's still times where I'm like, like I got a promotion, a raise at work. And I'm like, Tony was the first person I wanted to call. And I had to like think to myself and I was like, all right, let's call someone else. You know, I had to like take a deep breath. And like, that was a moment where it really felt like the wind was gone, Mm. you know? Mm. And one, and man, I lost my train of thought, but all in all, just grief is so fucking difficult. Yeah. Well, in, so entirely. In, if I could kind of comment on the, like, you know, um, not being able to call Tony uh-huh. to, like, you know, um, celebrate your raise and your promotion, like, that's a big deal. And I think, you know, about being, that's the part that's never going to be whole is that reservoir of like celebration and knowledge and you know a sense of pride for you Mm -hmm. like you don't get to re-up on that you don't get to you know like go back and go back to it and like celebrate with that person in that in that way you know and that you you know like for me it's when I think about my aunt Patty it's like I think about how much I've really learned from her mm-hmm. being like the one person that has always told me the truth, mm-hmm. you know, or like one of the few adults that like always tells me the truth. Um, it's hard to think that when she's gone, if I have more questions, it's like I don't have access to her experience, yeah. you know, with people and like you know, with business and with, you know, whatever else she's like, you know, very talented at giving advice about, you know, Mm -hmm. that, that wisdom, that reservoir of wisdom is gone. Yep. Even though I carry pieces of it, the totality of it is gone. Mm -hmm. It is like, it is gone. And I know people will say like, you know, she's still around, like people give you like all this kind of like filler shit. And I I think people misunderstand that it's like, yeah, but it's not the same. Like, not being able to call Tony and hear, like, that's my girl. Like, I'm so proud of you. Like, or who knows what else he would have said. Exactly. To just brighten your day and fill your heart. Like, you know, bada bing, bada boom. Like, (laughs) it's it's like 100% true. And I know, like, I know when people like try to say those things of like, you know, like, like, I'm not going to say, like, you know, she'll still be around, like, even when she passes, because it's like, no, that's not the same. It doesn't matter whether or not, like, her spiritual self is around. Her physical being is not here. Mm-hmm. And that is painful. Like, and I, and people won't really get it until it happens to them. And, like, when that you don't have that access anymore. 
And you kind of have to just be like, well, I hope they're around. I, I hope you saw that I did this. I hope you got to be proud of me. And I know people will say like, you know, they're always proud and stuff. It's like, yeah, but that physical aspect is not there. And that is like the most difficult thing to try to explain to people who have never experienced a loss is like those things are helpful for a short period of time. They're not helpful for like the long term, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and there's nothing to fill that there's nothing. And I think people sometimes think people in grief need to be fixed when really it's like, no, you really just have to be comfortable Mm -hmm. with just an uncomfortable feeling that you don't know and can't explain. And that's totally fine. No one in grief is going to blame you. We'll be frustrated, you know. It is very frustrating when people don't understand grief and will try to find some way to give you a silver lining. And it's like, for me personally, like, I don't want that. That might be helpful for somebody else. That might be great for somebody else. But I am not that person. Mm -hmm. And one thing I've really experienced is that people will gaslight you for needing something that they can't provide. It's like, like for me, it's like, I just want space for people to give me, like, I want people to give me space to just be sad. Like, if you want to support me, do that. And people have been like, no, like, like, they'd want to like, give me like all these like sayings and cliches. And they want to change the sadness. Yeah. They they want to change the sadness. The sadness. Yeah. And it's like you, baby girl, you don't got to do anything. You just have to sit here and listen and just let me tell you how I'm feeling. And some people can't do that. Yeah. Some people straight up, like, their their internal, like, diagram is, like, fixing things mm-hmm. and needing to do something because, like, just sitting there. I think a lot there. of us are like that, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, especially men. Especially men. I think a lot of women will attest to, like, men needing to fix things mm-hmm. when really women just want to be heard. Oh, know? yeah. Um, but that's one thing that, uh, you know, if I can relate really quick, Mm -hmm. like one thing that I've been doing is I've been, um, kind of telling people like the truth when they ask me if I'm okay, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been being like, no, actually I'm really shitty. I had a shitty year. I broke my pinky. I broke my tooth. I broke my foot. I got, did bring your (laughs) pinky. I forgot about that. (laughs) I I spent two stints in the mental hospital. One stint was really unenjoyable, like, and the other stint was actually, like, a little bit better, mm-hmm. you know? Because <laughs> that was a little more, like, my choice. But yeah. um, I haven't been doing well, you know? I've been suicidal this year. Like, I'm, bo- I'm bipolar. Like, that's the diagnosis, you mm-hmm. know? And it's a lifelong thing. And, like... I got to be medicated and I got to like figure out like a good routine and all this stuff. And a lot of the responses to that are like, well, I'm really sorry to hear that. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help. I hate that. I you know? hate that. It's I hate like, it so much. It's like, you're really not equipped to help me, <laughs> bud. Like, and if I if really anything, like if there's anything I need, I need you to drive me to McDonald's at 4 a.m., okay? Yeah. Like, is it cool if I text you that? Like, because like, you just said anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's super unhelpful, but it's just what people say when they don't know what else to say, you know? I know. And the thing is, is like, quite frankly, you're not equipped to help me right mm-hmm. now. And I'm honestly not, I'm 
just by me telling you how I'm doing, I'm not asking you for help. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm just being honest, mm-hmm. you know, and I have a weird stick up my ass about being honest <laughs> that for better or for worse, like it, it rules my life. <laughs> So it makes me somebody who's like fun to talk to sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you're really wanting to like dig into things. Yeah, and get like, into the nitty and gritty. Yeah, but if you're if you're just wanting like small talk, chit chat, banter, like uh, not in I this. got I got a little bit of banter, but I'm pretty much spent after like twenty minutes. Like, I am the same exact way. Like like, you're one of my favorite people to hang out with because if I'm, like, if I'm not doing well, I could be like, Christian, can I come over and watch Netflix? I'm not doing well. Like, we don't have to do anything. And you're like, yeah, totally, dude. Whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, Are that's, you, like, my favorite shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I think and I think when people hear that you're not doing well, they're like, oh, fuck, I don't know how to support you. And this is something that I've been doing. Like, I've had a lot of friends who have lost people after I've lost Tony, you know, and a lot of people told me, like, you've really paved the way for my grief and like, how to show up for people and how to be a good friend. And the one thing that I really tell people is like, just take something off of their plate. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, the next time, like the next time you're having an episode, it's like, okay, can I just come over and give you food? And I'll just let you do whatever you have to do. And just make sure you're like, safe. You know, Mm -hmm. and like, obviously some people are not going to be comfortable with doing that, but like, I would do that for you. Like, yeah, no. And you know, that's like, um, that's something that my parents do for me here uh, a lot is they take a lot off my plate Mm -hmm. so I can really focus on like my mental outlook and like that it's, it's part of like cognitive behavioral therapy where Mm -hmm. like you identify the triggers, you see how it makes you feel which then causes like thought patterns, which then cause behaviors, mm-hmm. and then you're kind of stuck in this wheel. So you really going down the spiral. You know, like the the idea is that you are what you think. You mm-hmm. know, um, and you what you think is very dependent on how you feel, though. Mm-hmm. And how you feel is kind of like a mystery in in science, at least. Yeah. Like you know, there are physiological factors. You know. That's why they emphasize breath control to try to help control your heart rate yeah. a little more, like, and turn on your like uh, prefrontal cortex. Um, so like rhythmic breathing is really super important if you're like prone to uh, anxiety or panic or anything like that. But that only gets you to the center. Yeah, you know that only gets you to kind of a middle foundation where like you need to figure out where to go from there yeah like and i've been focusing a lot on like positive thinking and like you know but that's not my nature you know my nature is to kind of be pretty cynical and like try to cut through and see the reality of it Mm -hmm. like i remember as a kid i refused i was like eight years old i was refusing to be baptized like (laughs) like I was that cynical that in this young. This Christian you know? household. Yes, in this Christian household, and my name's Christian. Like, I've never been baptized. Like, and I'm like, I'm like in stitches. I like want to laugh so loud, but I'm not going to because I'm not trying to fuck up the mic. <laughs> oh, God, I can breathe. Yeah. But 
Yeah, it's it's hard to... You've also never told me this, and I'm loving learning about you while yeah. we do this podcast. <laughs> it's great, right? <laughs> I didn't believe in God at a really young age. Like I, I didn't either. For, if I'd... Cicely, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. I, like, I, we, not eight, but I think when I had my first communion, not my first communion, or something they do when you're, like, older, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to be doing this. This seems very cult-like. Yeah, I always thought it was like, I thought it was weird and like, you know, a lot of people say like church songs are like love songs. I I think they're slave songs, 100%. Like, um, Mm. so like, yeah, I don't, I have my issues with religion. I, I don't have much issues with believing in God and like having your own like, personal connection to it mm-hmm. and you know in on the topic of grief like a, certainly a belief in god in heaven would help with grief because mm-hmm. you just think oh i'm gonna meet him later like yeah there's you know i'm just we're all gonna go to heaven and hang out like you know mm-hmm. that certainly would make grief a lot easier but to understand death as like you know how there was nothing before you were alive, mm-hmm. you know, and born? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing, like, <laughs> after. Like, there's nothing. It's just, like, a sleepless night, you know? And it's not, like, an eternity of a sleepless night. Like, there's just no consciousness. Yeah. Like, that... Uh, at least that's what I would understand death to be. And yeah. what the science points us towards. I, like, the thing in grief is that that I fucking hate and that drives me nuts is when people try to paint it in a way of religion that feels good to them where it's like you know he's he's with Jesus he's with God he's he's with your mom he um is in eternal life now it's like none of this none of this helps not a single because they're not here. Single thing helps because they're not here like even if it even if it were true that they were there they're, they're not, not here. here. That does not help me with his physical absence and like not being able to see him, not be able to talk to him, not be able to joke with him. Like none of that helps me. And I don't know if that's like a very cynical view that I have, but like chalking everything up to God has never, or like the universe or anything has never been my prerogative. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm a very spiritual person. I do a lot of like inner work. I really believe in the universe. I believe everything happens for a reason. I think our zodiac signs also incorporate into that, whether how the people may feel. Astrology is not a belief. It is whatever. We'll get into that later. But yeah, sure. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast yeah, episode. And I, and I respect a lot of spirituality and I'm, I'm, there's a degree of spirituality that I have myself where like I see certain signs that yeah. like I'm like, this can't purely be coincidence Mm -hmm. you know like this has to be have some type of deeper meaning but you know part of me is also like it's just chaos out there you know like it's just random chaos and like the best we can do you know to steal a line from Patton Oswalt is it's chaos be kind Mm -hmm. you know the best we can do is be kind and try to leave things better than we found it I know that's super cliche but those are like some of my deepest spiritual beliefs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, there's an aspect of it that like, I'm like, there's no God, you know, there's no sentient figure mm-hmm. like 
out there controlling certain things and like god's no not like a white man yeah like a white man with a white beard and a white robe and heaven judging everybody yeah, like that just in the clouds just like, that just sounds so unrealistic to me yeah. to some people that that is exactly what they think and yeah. i'm like no but is there a like some sort of divine oneness that we're all connected to you know that all of us are a part of this universal law almost mm-hmm. of like it's not necessarily cause and effect but it's like this connectedness that we all kind of share um okay that i like that point of view um yeah, there's a lot of other philosophers like Terrence McKenna, fucking Alan Watts. You can go listen to them, and they can talk to you a lot more about that that inner oneness, you know? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't really help you with grief in the present moment, you yep. know, in, in, in lifetime. Um, because, you know, it, it might make you less afraid of death or anything like that. I think we, we would all be a lot less afraid of death if we could just agree that it was no more different than a sleep than a dreamless night, you know? Yeah, and I don't think just, we're all going to be on that same page. Right, but <laughs> if we stand any chance at, like, protecting the things that matter, like Mother Earth, our home, our habitat, mm-hmm. like, if we can't agree that we all come from nature and nowhere else you know that we weren't divinely created to Mm -hmm. like be stewards of the earth then i don't think that we'll stand any chance of saving ourselves in time before the earth becomes highly inhabitable yep you know there's already evidence that within the next 20 years like a lot of tropical zones or a lot of different zones i love how we went from grief to death to climate change (laughs) (laughs) from from grief to death to religion to climate change (laughs) that's one of the things i grieve is humans like ability to like take care of themselves Mm -hmm. as as a society you know and as a as a like culture and like our lack of ability to take care of the world and all of like its inhabitants Mm -hmm. you know like that would require so much unlearning of individualistic like mindsets like and we'd have to like get rid of like everything almost for people to finally understand like we're all in this together Mm -hmm. like we're all like i don't want to sound like one of those hippy dippies and shit but like we're really all part of the human race Mm -hmm. and we have just allowed other people to come in and like draw the line of where we're at as like a society it's Mm -hmm. like i'm like oh you're from colorado you're from texas like you're from florida yeah you're from there you're from this place you're that you're also indigenous you're also black you're also gay (laughs) yeah no it's like we're all essentially the same species like but people can't think like that no they can't because like they get tripped up over like who owns what you know that's really what it is power and greed honey power and greed like we wouldn't have racism if we didn't have like slavery like and the people that profit off that racism you know they profit off keeping us divided on like race issues and other bullshit like yeah to keep us distracted from the fact that they're like robbing the planet of its resources truly and most billion it's super interesting that most billionaires are just trying to build spaceships to get the fuck off the planet like fuck you elon musk i don't care if elon musk has asperger's either you brought that up earlier and i'm like elon musk is still a downward dirty dog and i would still punch him in his face sure and you know the 
there's different degrees of Asperger's and it makes it harder for them to like socialize a lot because you can't read social cues. Mm -hmm. It's a type of autism that like you have a hard time relating to other people and having empathy in Mm -hmm. a way. Um, And I'm not super well uh, educated on this. So if I say anything incorrect, please do not destroy me. (laughs) In the comments. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with his moral compass, Mm -hmm. you know? Exactly. Um, And he has been on, he has been going online and saying like, Hey, we're trying to find different places to like donate to, but it's really hard to find places to effectively donate to that actually like make change and stuff. Mm -hmm. And in no way am I defending him, but the, I just find it interesting that him, Jeff Bezos, like a number of other billionaires are all just trying to like build space programs to like leave rather than like take care of the planet you and know? it's like you have the money to to do something yeah about this like yeah. you have more than enough money to like and i understand finding like environmental like causes that actually do good work is hard to like donate to because then you like because people will pull back the curtain and like PETA, for example like mm-hmm. you know and all those kind of like bigger organizations uh, like don't really add anything and then it's like well where do we go from here like yeah. how do we effectively create change without people destroying the message that's trying to go out there you know mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me because mm-hmm. there are people who have like nonprofits who start causes and stuff but then ultimately are just in it for the money after a while as opposed to just being like yeah no I like I don't need any extra money like i need money to be able to afford what i my living and all this other stuff but i don't really need much of anything else you know like finding those people is so difficult Mm -hmm. to like who actually want to promote change within the community within the earth or anything like yeah absolutely i mean uh organize the things get really tricky when you try to organize like humans to do something collaboratively yep because there are so many different like opinions and so many different like needs and wants that um got to be met that it's super super hard Mm -hmm. to just rectify all that and like that, that's why I think God was invented in a lot of ways, you know? If you think about it, like, if we're all worshiping the same deity, then we can at least agree that, like, you know, God is good and, like, we shouldn't kill each other or whatever other yeah. tenets that... We're going to have to do another like episode, like, on religion, too, yeah. <laughs> in our standpoint. We're going to oh, piss man. off a lot of people with that. We are way over time oh are we you wanted to be an hour right like a little over an hour what are we at we're like 70 minutes well guys i think christian's telling me that we have to end the podcast now we don't have to end the podcast we We are horribly off topic we haven't talked about grief in a bit i grieve (laughs) that people can't do things better collectively just because it's good to be nice you know Mm -hmm. like and i grieve my dead parents so (laughs) Uh, if the message that if you've listened to us all the way through the one message i would really love to leave people with is if you do know someone who is in grief today tomorrow whenever just reach out just sit with them 
be a friend, send them food, send them weed. If you live in California or like a place that does delivery, just ask them, how can I be a better friend to you? How can I better support you? And give off a couple of options. Be like, can I send food for you? If you live in the same area as them, be like, can I come over and help you clean? Maybe even just show up and go clean their place. Like, just don't let your friend in grief be alone or feel like that they're alone. And if you don't have the space to really do much, send $20 and be like, get some coffee on me this week. Because I promise you, your friend in grief When you become in grief and like when someone important to you passes away, I promise you they will show up tenfold and be the person that you need. And all you really got to do is just lay down that foundation that you two have each other. And that was Christian cracking his knuckles. Amen. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, we hope to see you later. And um, yeah, have a good day. Bye. (laughs)